Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, you guys. Today's show features the two contrasting births of Perth mum, Shannon. She describes her first birth as a traumatic and powerless experience that led her into a dark postpartum period, leaving her feeling incompetent. When she and her husband decided to try for another baby, they both agreed they did not want to relive that same story and opted to have a home birth through the hospital's community midwifery program. Having given birth to what would be considered big babies, we chat about the fear around shoulder dystocia, how she avoided feeling anxious and powerless during her pregnancy and birth this time around, and what she learned on reflection of her entire journey. Enjoy today's show, guys. Shannon, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Debbie. I'm so excited. (laughs) Do you want to just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name's Shannon and um, we live in Perth, Western Australia. I've got my husband Terence, um, our daughter Lydia, who's three next month in September, and our little Henry, who's just gone two weeks mm, old. A little freshy. And did you plan your pregnancies? Yeah, so um, I was diagnosed with endometriosis when I was 18 okay. um, and I was told that it'd be hard to have kids so that was just something in the back of our minds when we got married mm-hmm. um, and at about I was 27 we started trying for Lydia and thankfully that only took three months you know that's nice and quick Amazing. Um, and then Henry took a little bit longer because I was breastfeeding so I know you can get pregnant while you're breastfeeding but I didn't have any fertility during that so it was a good 18 months of trying and um, once we'd weaned Lydia off the breast, that's about three months after that I fell pregnant with him. Mm. So both, we both wanted them. Yeah. And how were your pregnancies with them? They were pretty cruisy. So Lydia's um, was more like, you know, just your typical pregnancy of initial nausea and, and things like that. I was more burdened with severe anxiety with her. Uh, just had zero trust in my body and what was normal. Um, so that, and, and I had no one in my life that had recently been pregnant or is pregnant that I could talk to. The only pregnant people I had were who I worked with and they just were killing it in their pregnancy. They were hiking. Mm-hmm. They were doing all this stuff and I wasn't able to do that. And so I thought there was something wrong with me that I needed to rest so much. I was yeah. so tired. Okay. Um, whereas with Henry's, I was a lot more in tune with my body and needs and, I was very, very sick with him at the start. They actually thought um, we were having twins because of the levels were so high. Oh. <laughs> Thankfully, no. Yeah. I made them check. <laughs> was very afraid. Um, but once I hit that 15 mark with 15 weeks mark with both Lydia and, and Henry, I was like no nausea. And so it was just cruisy for um, Henry. Lydia's was very anxious. But yeah, I was in a, in a state of bliss with um, Henry's pregnancy, which was really lovely. Yeah. 
So let's jump into Lydia's birth. What model of care did you choose during your pregnancy with her? Yeah, so I think um, like the typical first-time mum, you start off thinking, oh, we'll do private because that's generally what you pick when you're yeah. looking at um, your general medical care um, and then quickly was told by um, a friend to go public and that's when we went through to a birthing centre and I was really happy with that choice, wanted a very natural birth. And then I loved the care there. It was um, yeah, that midwifery group practice care. However, uh, towards the end, because I was so anxious, I would any time I thought I felt low movements, I would go to the hospital, which is, you know, the general practice, but it wasn't actually low movements. It was my anxiety. And so I was getting all these extra scans and then it picked up that she was measuring big. Um, and so that's when my midwife sat me down and said, look, we think that she's a risk of shoulder dystocia and you should get induced at 40 weeks mm. and none of my care team were going to be there because I was sick or they had other uh, family emergencies to go to. So it was a big flip <laughs> change and, and not much was explained to me um, as to my choices and uh, what would happen if I said no. Um, How far along were you at this stage? I was at that point, I was 38 weeks. Okay. Um, so a few weeks out. Yeah. So they, uh, and they were happy. And I thought, oh, okay, if it's at 40 weeks, that's when Bub's like cooked. That's not too, too bad. But I just mm. didn't really know what I was getting into. And I was so anxious. I just said, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I, I had the gestational diabetes test, and so that came back fine. So it wasn't like she was measuring too big. She was only measuring like a week or two ahead, mm -hmm. um, but they just really wanted her out. Mm. Um, um, so when I got there, they um, they checked my cervix, and I hadn't, I think I was dilated like one or two centimetres. Mm. First time mum, wasn't much happening. Um, and they wanted to do the balloon folly, I think that's what that's called. And that was horrible. And uh, to preface all of this, with my endometriosis, I have vaginal trauma. So I would have a lot of pain in just like a general pap smear would be incredibly painful for me. Mm -hmm. So there was that level, that layer of anxiety in there too. Mm -hmm. um, so when she went to insert the folly, that was just absolutely excruciating for me, the worst. And then I was bleeding quite heavily after that. Mm -hmm. Um so they said that, unfortunately, even after the, because this was later in the evening, they said that once the balloon's out, sometimes you can go home and sleep and hopefully go into maybe natural labour. And they said, I've got to stay um, just because the blood loss. So mm -hmm. once the balloon was in and I was very anxious after that because I've just had all these foreign hands inside of me and it was painful. Yeah. Um, the contractions for that came really quickly. And I guess no one really explained what that would feel like or what what was supposed to happen in that time in my body. Um, they spoke about it in terms of like what's going to, like what they're doing, but just not what would happen physically. Um, so those contractions were just nonstop. Like there was no wave that I thought I would experience. I was just tense and in a lot of pain. Um, and then it, came out really quickly. I can't remember exactly, but they were shocked that it was already done. Like my body responded to it really quickly. Mm. Um, and then I just, we, I stayed over the night and Terrence had to go home. Um, the next day, a midwife came and spoke to me and just said, look, because of your vaginal trauma, um, I was more afraid of them doing the cervical checks throughout labour than actually experiencing labour itself. Mm -hmm. um, they said, maybe you should get an epidural when we, before we break your waters, um, which I just at that point was so nervous. No one said to me, hey, you can say no to a check. Um, just none of my rights were really explained in, in, the, in those moments. And so they were trying to be really helpful and reduce the stress. Um, but I just kind of wish I had a few options. So I said, okay, we'll do the epidural. Mm -hmm. um, so they had that done. And then uh, I think they broke my waters and then put the drip in. And then I pretty much just laid there the, for the whole labour, really not present in it. That's what um, my husband, Terence, and I, we both describe it, that we were just like, it was like we were spectators. Mm. Um, and because of the, like the, the drip, the oxytocin drip, it would give me back-to-back -back 
six contractions um, with no break and it was putting a lot of pressure on Lydia's head. So, you know, they pressed the button and everyone would run in and um, roll her around, uh, roll me around. Um, but that wasn't su- super stressful for me. It was more just sitting back and just letting it happen. Um, and then when it came to push, that was about like 12 hours later, um, I just thought, okay, I've got to push as hard as I'm supposed to. Um, and so I did, I, I went really intense, like quite hard pushing. Um, and she came, she shot out. So there was no risk of her being stuck at all. She came out so quickly. Um, yeah, which yet I since have found out that if you do have a risk of social shoulder dystocia, you shouldn't induce unless you have gestational diabetes because it can at that risk, um, which was quite interesting. So, yeah, she came straight out and they suctioned her because there was meconium in the waters and I got her on my chest um, and I thought I hadn't teared because obviously I couldn't feel anything with the epidural. I was numb from the legs down um, and they said, oh, no, you have torn quite significantly and there's a a lot of blood. So I didn't have like a hemorrhage or anything like that. but they, yeah, they just said that there was too much blood, so they had to. I didn't get quite like a long cord clamp, and I don't remember much of this. All this information now is from Terence. Mm-hmm. I was totally out of it. I think with just the combination of hormones and then the epidural and the, the drugs. So yeah. she was on my chest, and they gave me the the jab for the placenta to come out, and that made me really sick. I was vomiting. And I just wasn't with it. He cut the cord and then quickly I was being taken away. And Terence specifically says he was just holding Lydia thinking that I had died. Mm. <laughs> no no idea what was happening. Oh, that's horrible. Where I was, like I think he knew that I was going to theatre, but he didn't understand what was happening that I was getting, sorry, my headphones coming up, that I was getting stitched up and that I would go into recovery. He just was like, okay, what do I do? <laughs> And he was just sitting there crying, not really sure. Yeah, I really feel for him. But so he, yeah, he was just left and then I was taken to theatre. And I don't know if you've had anyone explain to you if you've experienced this before, but when they go to stitch you up, you're at an angle. So my head was down towards the ground. So I'm almost upside down, which was just an awful feeling anyway after having like given birth and then I'm like, upside down almost and then these people are there's a a gynecologist obstetrician and a a midwife and then there's a midwife at my head and the midwife at my head is beautiful rubbing my head being very loving but the rest at the end because I think they're dealing with surgery and stuff their bedside manner was awful and they were just laughing and chatting and their end compliment I say that in quotations was oh you've got a design of vagina now and I was like "Mm." comment what is happening right now I don't even know where I am I where's my baby I'm Mm, feeling like I'm off my mind like I just feel so high and then that and with my trauma and that's labeled quite big on my folder Mm -hmm. to like be really mindful of of like any touching or anything and so I just thought oh that was awful Mm. um and then I was taken to recovery and, again, I was just – I didn't even know where I was and I just felt so loopy, like, without my child and no breastfeeding and all of that. And then finally I came back and this was four hours later to the room and, yeah, it was just um, a really horrible start. I had a lot of, thankfully, a lot of skin-to-skin and, and breastfeeding with Lydia and we repaired that. Amazing. Um, that big gap of time. Yeah. But I just think it really set – ourselves up for a really dark postpartum we had um a lot of trouble just establishing breastfeeding and then my mental health was horrible really quite severe postpartum anxiety Mm. um yeah so it was just those first three months were awful Mm, so sorry (laughs) so after that experience then what did you do differently second time around yeah so Initially, funnily enough, I was like, oh, I'll just sign sign up for the birthing centre and just fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. And then accidentally I signed up for the community midwifery program in WA and they called me and they said, oh, you've signed up for two places. 
do you want to go for the community midwifery program? Because you can go to the birth center or you can go anywhere else or you can home birth. And I was like, oh, I hadn't considered home birth. And my good friend had just home birthed her daughter and it was after her really intense first experience. It was beautiful. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll do that. And so I ended up going with community midwifery program. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just started me off on this huge journey of, understanding genuinely understanding birth outside of because I, I was a scientist prior to being a mum oh, cool. um, so I understand the physical side of birth like teaching and things like that because I also was a, a teacher as well but I didn't understand the, that on a deeper level and the physiological process of birth and so that's kind of what kicked it off of really learning my rights around birth and then yeah what actually happens mm-hmm. what were some of the things you did to inform yourself yeah um I didn't read any books because <laughs> toddler life yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I joined um there's a home birth it's home birth group Australia on Facebook yeah so that was incredible um just because it's very evidence-based in their responses I joined um I did hypnobirthing um and I found that so helpful in just the resources they had to teach you, um, like, the evidence of choices around birth. So why, if you're going to be induced, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. It had articles on shoulder dystocia and things like that. So I really used that as a tool to to research my choices and why I would would or wouldn't do something, mm-hmm. um, less about the meditation um, and, yeah, just more about empowering myself and Terence, so giving Terence tools of what he could do in birth this time around. Um, I looked at I was always on evidence-based birth and, again, looking at the statistics because we I often find we see like the 0.05% of something. We go, oh, okay, well, we need to, we need to do this because of that 0.05 instead of looking at, well, actually, most cases it's fine. Yeah. Um, um, particularly, yeah, with like big babies and learning, understanding the risk of big babies because Henry, based on the one, oh, we had three scans with him, he, he looked like he was measuring similar to Lydia. So I knew that I'm going to have probably a big baby again. So I needed to empower myself. How big did Lydia end up being? Yeah, I didn't say, sorry. She was 4.135 kilos, so just over... Over nine pounds, so like big for them uh, for like a hospital setting, but not the biggest, you know, not dangerously huge. But I knew that Henry would likely be, you know, a bit bigger as yeah. well. Um, so and then on top of that, I, yeah, I avoided getting lots of scans. I was really in tune with my body, just sitting and reflecting. So instead of letting my anxiety overwhelm me, I thought, okay, what's actually happening? Can I feel him, his movements, which I could um and as well what else did I do I listened to so many podcasts I found your podcast (laughs) which was incredibly helpful just to hear different birth stories I loved the one with um I think it's Dr Sarah that was incredible yeah yeah that really helped me understand um, Lydia's birth and how we repaired that after yeah she's amazing um and I yeah I think I just really felt in tune with myself this time around mm-hmm. um, and I think as well just preparing for the birth space really helped connect in um, getting things like herbs and tinctures and preparing and looking at my nutrition and um, and just taking that time I think it might have been on your podcast of talking about preparing for your birth like you're preparing for a wedding yes and I really invested these nine months into just learning about what this process is and how I can make it the best for myself um, lots of like perineal massage as well. That was the other thing I did because I was so afraid of tearing again. Mm. Um, I started that really early at like before the third trimester, at the end of the second trimester, I started that. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, and then, yeah, just like your date, all, all the nutrition things that they tell you to do, eating your dates and the fruits and things like that, I just basically absorbed any piece of positive information I could in order to prepare for Henry's birth, I, I pretty much implemented. And how far along were you when you went into labour with him? Oh, I was 39 and 5. I did not think I would go oh, nice. before 40 weeks. I was dead set thinking I'd be a 41-weeker. Yeah. Um, 
And so I was, I, I think I was in disbelief, which I think <laughs> helped because now I look back the week of, I was my, I have Braxton Hicks with both Lydia and Henry from 15 weeks. So super early. Yeah. Um, and I always was like, how am I going to know I'm in labor? Because I get them a lot and they can be really heavy. Um, and everyone was like, oh, you just know. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. So the week of I had, some heavy pushing down ones to the point where I'd say, oh, maybe that could be something, and then it wasn't. So I just had no idea um, in the lead up. Yeah, so it was, um, it was Friday and we just – it was such a beautiful week. I, anyone that spoke to me in my 39th week, I was I was on – I was I felt like I was high. I was so much oxytocin flowing through my veins. I just had this beautiful week with Lydia. We were so present and playing and – just so much time soaked up with her. And then every evening I would be in my birth space, like rubbing sage on my belly and, and listening to a, like a hypnobirthing track and eating delicious desserts and just soaking in this really beautiful time. It was so, it was just a dream lead up. Um, no stress or anything. It was magical. And then the Friday we were, you know, I was baking and crafting and I started, I, I laid down with her to read and I started feeling my my Braxton hips were really heavy and pushing down. Um, they didn't hurt though, so I was like, okay, I'll just time these because why not? And they weren't regular or anything and I was like, cool, this is just, I've just done too much. Um, I'll just keep resting. Mm-hmm. And then when Terence, Terence was finishing up, potentially finishing up work that day. So he was doing a handover and was finishing late. And I just kept thinking, why is he doing that? He's going to be at work on Monday. <laughs> He's got two more weeks. It's fine. But I just felt like I was like, oh, I won't complain and tell him to come home. I'll let him finish his handover. And um, we sat down for dinner and I was like, oh, these are getting these are getting heavy. Again, none of them were painful but just heavy. And so Terrence was looking at me like, beaming and smiling. It's like, stop looking at me. <laughs> I don't want to get excited. This isn't it. And then he went off to get Lydia ready for bed and I messaged my best friend and I was like, I think I think we might be on. This is like 6.37 and she's like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? And I was like, oh, it could just be needing to go to the toilet, like needing to do a poo. Let me clean the house and let me do my skincare and then I'll come back and tell you, <laughs> which I just think is hilarious. I'm running around cleaning the house and yeah. I was in labour. I was 100% like I'm standing there breathing through them and I'm like, nah, it's fine. It's not hurting. This is what was in my head. I was like, it's not painful. So, and then I was in the shower and I was doing my skincare and I thought I should, oh, I had been this the last week just checking, like feeling like up through the vagina just to see what I could feel and I could feel his head through the week and I was like oh that is really cool just from a science perspective um and so I thought I'll check this time because I know what it's been feeling like and I normally have to contort my body but his head is there Mm. I was like oh okay yeah this is happening this has changed um and then I just started weeping in the shower and I feel like I'm gonna cry now thinking about it because I just was like this is it and Lydia's life's gonna change and oh it's gonna make me cry um, I was just crying in the shower, just letting it. And I thought, I'll let it all out. It's good to get this crying because I don't want anything holding tension in my body. Mm. So I was weeping, weeping, and then I got all dressed and I got the birth space, like all the stuff that I normally would do ready because I thought it still might not happen and it could be a long night. So I have this kid's play mat that's meant for Henry and ended up being my birth mat. <laughs> um, brought that all in there and Terence came out and I was just – so so upset like that I was I thought I was ruining Lydia's life that was what I was feeling in that moment and I knew I had to feel it I know it was so dramatic but I just was like I have to feel this because I just feel like it's gonna hold in yeah um and I was like, I don't know if I need to call anyone and this was yeah this was now eight eight o'clock and I was like oh I'll call a midwife because my midwife had said to me you're gonna go quickly don't muck around and my personality is I'll ignore anything that's happening in my body until it's really, it really needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I'm not going to do that this time. I'll call my midwife. And funnily enough, my whole team were busy again. 
<laughs> this like with Lydia's. And so I ended up getting transferred to a the South team, south of the river. And I knew this was going to happen. So I wasn't, I loved my midwives, but I wasn't attached to them because I just felt like this was going to happen. Yeah, okay. Um, and so I was talking to her and I thought, I was like, I don't, I think I'm early labor. I think, I think I'm fine. And I was like, here's a contraction, it's happening. And I said, see, I'm talking through it. And she's like, you're not. <laughs> so I think in my head, I was talking like this, but I was like, I'm talking. <laughs> she's like that's not talking Shannon um I'm gonna come because she's she's about half an hour away from me and I was like oh okay and then I messaged my photographer friend who was gonna take photos and she's also a midwife and she I was like look I don't know maybe just come the midwife's coming I'm so sorry if you're gonna be here for ages and then it started getting really intense and my mum had just rocked up um I wanted Lydia at the birth but because it was nighttime, I just felt like if she woke up, it would just be really scary for her to wake up in that mm-hmm. moment as opposed to having to build up of seeing mummy in, in early labour and stuff like that. So I said, oh, mum, come over. And mum's ha- my mum's had quick labours. Um, so she was just looking at me going, oh, my gosh, like this is quick because it was contraction, like a couple, like a minute break and then contraction. But for me, they still weren't hurting, just felt like this deep, pressure pushing down so in my head I was thinking oh man if this is a long time like I don't know how much heavier these are going to be because I was expecting them to hurt but I just I didn't understand how much more pressure would be coming from them okay and I thought no this is ages and something that really helped me in the birth was I had a comb and I've seen them now they sell birth combs but I just bought those cheap combs that you used to like part your hair and I was just holding that during a contraction okay. that felt amazing I don't know if anyone else has used that um but whilst I was doing that Terence was setting up the pool and he was trying to help bless him he was asking way too many questions and I was like <laughs> you need to stop stop talking to me I couldn't I couldn't handle his masculine voice Interesting. <laughs> just I needed I needed only females to speak. Yeah. It was really bizarre, and and it especially came so the midwives came at or the midwife. It was just the one and a student midwife. They rocked up at between. It was about nine o'clock because my yeah it was nine o'clock, um, and they they got me at well when they got there I was like so what do I do? <laughs> She's like, what you're doing. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so this is happening? She's like, yeah, you're in labour. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, um, and they just watched me for a bit and then she was like, okay, can we get you to lay down and, and check you? And she was finding the heartbeat, which interestingly that took a little bit and I was like, oh, what does that mean? He was just really in my pelvis, but we weren't sure. She was like, look, I don't know if he's popped out of your pelvis or he's really in there. And I was like, damn it, he's popped out. This is going to be like a two-day extravaganza I'm so sorry my, my photographer just came in and I was like he's out of the pelvis he's gonna be <laughs> ages I'm so sorry and they kind of all just looked at each other like okay <laughs> um and then the, the, it just after that I like I tuned out I was in full labor and I had um what I would consider probably my transition contraction so again it didn't hurt it just felt like you know when you get a cramp in your leg or your foot and it doesn't loosen up and you just think this is my life I'm forever gonna be stuck in this cramp (laughs) that's what it felt like I was like it's not going away and the midwife was like you need to she was being really gentle at the start like doing amazing and I was like it's not going away though (laughs) and she's like okay you need to pull it together (laughs) come on focus and I was like okay yep thanks (laughs) I just needed that little bit of authority yeah to just bring it in um and then that, that's when it eased up. And I needed to, um, something I didn't mention before, is I had a slight bladder prolapse in um, my pregnancy with Henry. Okay. It's a slight one. Um, so, which interestingly, the hospital that CM is connected with, the, the obstetricians wanted me to get a C-section from the tear and the prolapse. So one of the tips was that was given to me by my midwife is that you need to make sure you empty your bladder a lot in labour. You don't want to be holding anything. So after that big transition contraction, I knew I was having another one coming. I was like, I need to wee. And one of the things um, when I was running over to the bathroom, I was saying to Terence, I was like, do not let me 
go into labor, like go uh, push in here. If I say I need to poo, you get me out of there because <laughs> that toilet is our laundry toilet and it has cat litter in it. So I'm not giving birth <laughs> next to cat litter. I'm not having my birth photos yeah. <laughs> with cat litter in the background. And so I'm peeing and I'm like, he's, I can just feel him between my legs. I was like, crap. Mm. So I'm, I run out of the toilet and then I'm on the ground because he's, my body is like, it's time. It's, and I'm crawling. This is now at 10 o'clock. So from nine o'clock, they arrived at 10 o'clock. I'm crawling into the lounge room space through the kitchen and I get just in front of like my birth space, the birth pool. And he just, my body is just pushing wow. and they're ripping my pants off because it's all happening. And then dramatically my waters just splatter everywhere. And I think, <laughs> damn it, I put on these really nice, beautiful PJs and I wanted to be my birth PJs and I just destroyed them. Oh, no. It's like, damn it, why did, I, why did I put on pretty PJs for birth? I always love hearing the convos women have with themselves during labour. Oh, so funny. I, it's My vo- internal voice was so loud and yeah. so sarcastic and judgmental. It was, <laughs> it was just hilarious. Um, and so I'm on, I'm on the ground and we have really hard floors and so my midwife's like trying to get the birth, like the mat over. And she's like, just climb onto the mat. I was like, um, no, I'm not moving. Don't, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> and Terence is, so Terence is banned from talking at this stage. Yeah. And so he was kneeling or just sitting and I was just holding onto his legs. I needed to feel, I couldn't hear his voice, mm-hmm. could only listen to female voices, but I needed to feel him. I felt him very anchoring. Um, so I was just holding on tight to him while my body was pushing, which was such a special thing because that was something I really wanted to experience is not having that coach pushing and to just feel everything. So I was in just in a bliss state whilst being very focused and primal, um, being able to feel that my body pushing was really cool. Um, yeah, so my body was just pushing for me and I remember going, I'm going to poo. And they're like, no, it's your baby. I was like, nope, like there's a lot of poo coming out right now. Like that, that's happening and I'm like, I, did, I didn't care, but I was like, don't, don't lie to me. Yeah. And, was, and he was coming out and so I could feel his head. And, again, this was just so incredible for me because I knew I learned in my um, process of understanding labour the importance of the ring of fire and feeling that and, and part of developing the stretching and everything like that. Um, so feeling that sting, that was probably the first time for me that it hurt in labour. Yeah, okay. Um, which I'm sure will annoy a lot of people hearing <laughs> that it didn't hurt. Um, I think I was just really lucky that I didn't have any back labour. It was just all in the front. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's when it was stinging and I was like, oh, ow, what the heck, this hurts. Um and his head was coming out and going back in, coming out and going back in. And, again, I knew that that was so important mm. from my learning that to, for that stretch and that they do, they come back out and in and to not worry about that because um, I know that that can be often in a hospital setting, oh, they're getting stuck or yeah. you need to help baby get out. And I knew, I was like, no, this is important. Mm-hmm. I did have a thought during <laughs> during the pushing. It was like, man, C-section just would have been really <laughs> solid right now because this is getting tiring. I thought I was pushing for ages, so it was. <laughs> I was being very bratty in that moment. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was coming out and then eventually his head came out and I, they were like, your baby's here. I was like, no, he's not. I can feel his half his body in me. Don't <laughs> lie to me. This isn't encouraging. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, and then I felt them... The midwives, this is the first time she really touched me. So I felt, felt her like moving him and I thought, here we go, he's stuck, shoulder dystocia. And, again, I'd looked into the processes of what they do when there is true shoulder dystocia and it's pretty much the same if it's at a home setting or a hospital. So I was really comfortable for that to potentially happen because I didn't feel that it would be any different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, he's stuck. Okay. And then... And then he just fell out after that point because, you know, once the shoulders are out, they just kind of fall out. And he came on top onto me and I thought, I was like, you feel so small. I was kind of, I was like, I don't feel this wash of emotions when both Lydia and Henry came out. I was like, oh, 
oh, they're so slimy, they're warm. <laughs> like I just go through this really obvious catalogue of thoughts. Yeah. And I was like, oh, did he get stuck? They're like, no, he didn't. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and later I found out through the birth photos was that his hand was out by his cheek and so they just twisted him slightly just, I think, to prevent that tear. That's what I'm going to assume because um, I didn't um, tear at all with Henry, which was just so I didn't cry when he was on my chest. I was like, cool, we've got this baby. Hell, yeah. Terrence and I were like, hell, yeah, we just did this. This is so cool. We weren't an emotional at all. And then she was like, we need to check you. And I was like, no, no. I felt like I was, I felt like I'd torn. When his shoulders came out and that sting, I was like, 100% torn. That's it. I'm going to, I made peace with transferring to hospital for uh, stitches. I just had made peace with that. Mm-hmm. And then they checked and I was like feeling like I was in pain, but it wasn't. And I was like, this is weird. And she's like, touching I can feel everything and it, there's no pain and she's like you didn't tear and I was like what and that's when I started crying <laughs> like, I so didn't amazing. cry over my child coming out. <laughs> did you know that you were having a boy no no both times with Lydia and Henry we were surprised but we didn't we didn't find we don't check until like half an hour later yeah okay <laughs> we're just like laying there and then we're like oh we should probably see what we have and, yeah, it was sure enough it was a boy, um, which my grandma has a prediction. She, she's got this really foolproof. For, for it, three generations now, it's gone girl, boy, girl, boy, no matter who it's gone through. Okay. And so she knew that Lydia was a girl and she knew Henry was a boy. And I was very determined to prove her wrong because I just don't like being told. So I was a little bit like, damn it, she was right <laughs> when Henry came out a boy. But, yeah, so that was incredible I just we were just laying there going holy crap we have just done this I mean like I know it's mostly me but Terence was so active in his care for me I felt like a team it was really beautiful in that way um so we were just in awe and then to find out that I didn't tear was just just especially after being told like you need a c-section this is going to happen again and you're going to be incontinent and everything was you know, in the back of my mind. And then, um, yeah, it was just such such relief. I, I ended up, like, just giving a finger to everyone in the room going, yeah, to the obstetricians, <laughs> like, suckers, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> Which I know they just they see the worst of the worst, but I was just like, ha. Yeah, <laughs> um, amazing. And, yeah, so I decided I really wanted to do a physiological third stage as well because um, I didn't do that with Lydia. Um, and... I think I did not research that enough. I was not prepared. I just thought the placenta would fall out beautifully and <laughs> I didn't expect to have contractions and push. And I feel like I've listened to so many birth podcasts, that, but I don't remember them being detailed in the placenta coming out and what that felt like. Mm-hmm. So I was just so angry that it really hurt. That hurt me more than labour. Oh, wow. The placenta. I, to be fair, I was on my back, whereas on my uh, in labour I was on all fours. I was primal. I was yelling. I was not calm or anything, so I just was in it, whereas I think I just after birth was like, cool, I'm done, right? Yeah, right. End of story. <laughs> How long did it take you to birth your placenta? That took the full hour. Okay. So I was like I was in labour for four hours and pushed for 15, so nice and short and sharp but then the placenta was the full hour that they allow okay um and interestingly henry was doing the breast call for the full hour and once he latched bang on that hour the placenta came out of course yeah um but i think i was just i was so angry that it hurt and that i couldn't just sit in this blissful moment i was like why this isn't fair we've given birth why do i have to feel this Mm. um and they were like oh maybe try and push if you want. And I was like, this is, I don't have the strength for that. And then I'm starting to go like, let's just get this injection, get this placenta out. And they were so good that they were like, we can do that. And they just slowly like pretended like they were doing stuff. Yeah. Cause I didn't want it. Um, and then bang on, he latched. And then I could feel, felt it coming through the cervix, which they're like reminding me, there's no bones in the placenta. It's not as bad. I was like, this 
is hurting me way more. You're lying <laughs> to me. There are bones in this <laughs> right now. And then, and then I felt it come out, which that is just equally as bizarre, feeling this, like, lump <laughs> come out of this me. This big old organ. Yeah, it was so weird. I, I just yeah. had no idea what to expect with the third stage. And, yeah, that came out. I was like, oh, thank goodness it's over. And then, no, the, the afterbirth pains were, again, next level, which thankfully I'd been warned by a lot of mums that second time around it's really painful. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just so glad that that placenta was out <laughs> so that could be done. Yeah. Um, and that all looked healthy. Did you end up doing anything special with it? or? Yeah, I got it encapsulated. Oh, nice. um, my good friend runs a, a business, Pure Placentas, and she um, came and collected it the next day. She lives around the corner. Perfect. Um, yeah, so it was very handy. And I definitely find that they've made a difference. I felt so high after yeah. <laughs> having them with all the oxytocin. But it was just nice sitting there with him still attached to it. Like we then they moved me to the couch and wrapped me up in blankets as I just like free bled onto the puppy pads and wasn't getting rushed into anything, wasn't getting rushed to clean up, wasn't getting rushed to have him checked. Oh, and when he came out, sorry, I missed it. He came out quick. He came out really purple. Um, and after all the birth videos I watched, I knew that babies come out really purple. They don't come out that beautiful pink colour that we see in the movies. And they, I noticed that in a lot of home births and water births that they come out really quiet, like they don't even really know that they're out. Yeah. And then they 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 kind of wake up, and so I did say to Terence like, don't don't stress if he comes out really quiet. And sure enough, he came out really purple, and he came out really quiet, and just like needed a little loving back rub, and then he was fine. But interestingly, his skin, his body became pink, but his head was like <laughs> lavender purple because the poor thing got bruised coming out of me. Um, so if you see in any of the photos. Um, I'll send them to you. They're just he's so purple. <laughs> he looks like a little alien. <laughs> but yeah, then we so we were laying on the couch and it was just it was so nice and him still attached to the placenta. Like there was no rush cutting that or yeah, getting me cleaned up, getting him cleaned up, getting him checked or anything. We were just laying there and chatting and just getting water and at any point were you guys reflecting on your previous experience? Yeah. yeah, we Terence and I were just in shock. We were just sitting there going, "What the heck? Oh, yeah. This is so different." And we were taught telling the midwives because obviously they didn't know me because I was from another team. Mm-hmm. And so we were saying like, "Yeah, I was put like taken away," because it was just such a chaotic time. And we just felt like so much. We kept saying we felt like Lydia's birth happened to us, mm-hmm. and this birth we felt in it. And Terence was just buzzing. He was just like, "That was amazing." Wow. And he felt so included and part of it. He he just sat there in Lydia's birth and watched because there wasn't anything he could do. I was just laying there. And then, you know, when people would rush in to, to move me when her heart rate would drop, you know, there wasn't he wasn't getting instructed to do anything, of course. So he just sat there and, and then sat there again and watched me get taken away, which was horrible for him and is a bit of a lasting thing for him. Yeah. Whereas this time, you know, he... He knew I'd written out what he needed to do and he took direction and, you know, he, he had things to, to do. And we just felt like such a team. And just I think even my connection with Henry came quicker than with Lydia because of you know, him not being taken away mm-hmm. and just that, that golden hour time yeah. um, of just sitting there on the couch and just cuddling and, yeah, not rushing away and I was just, I was beaming. I've never felt so happy and excited before. It's just incredible. And then just how quick it was as well, I think, was meant to be for me. I, I just think that's so my personality of let's just get it done, yeah. <laughs> smash it out. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't know how big he was. I was thinking at that point when he was just cuddling, I was like, oh, he's, he's little. That's why, you know, it's just this little tiny thing. I had no idea about the hand in there. So I just thought, oh, he's little. That's why we didn't tear. And then I think it was now. So I had him at 10.15. Like he was out at 10.15. At 11.15, the placenta was out. And at about like 1 o'clock in the morning, they were like, okay, let's start. Like, Do you want to weigh him? 
um, just give him a bit of a check and, and those kinds of things. And I was like, oh, yeah, we should probably do that and get a photo of the placenta and we should probably cut that and put that in the fridge. Like I just – it was all directed by me. They were like, you can do what you want, which was so nice. Um, and all of – by the way, Lydia did not wake up at all. Oh, okay. We've got a big house and I was yelling and she just slept the entire time. It was incredible. We had her on the monitor in the room so we could hear and she sleeps. She's so funny. She only sleeps with these horrible bird sounds playing. So during my labour I could hear these birds tweeting constantly on a loop. (laughs) But, yeah, she didn't wake and we were just watching her and so they, they took him off and, got him checked and weighed him and sure enough he was 4.3 kilos so bigger we were like what the heck oh, there you go. hell yeah <laughs> I wanted a bigger baby yeah. and he was so healthy and so it just goes to show yeah that my body is designed for a bigger baby and can cope with that yeah. um, and to trust in my body more that was what was really affirming in all of this is that with Lydia I wasn't trusting my body mm-hmm. I was relying on other people to tell me what was happening in my body and there was such a disconnect whereas this time I was still you know appreciate and use medical advice for all sorts of things you know um in my pregnancy but I trusted my body more it wasn't just assuming that I was failing um and that I needed to be saved um and yeah and so I got. I really wanted to cut the cord this time because I just feel like mums do. They grow the baby, they push the baby out, and then the dads get the cool part to cut the, uh, the yeah, cord. Yeah, so true. I think it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> and Lydia desperately wanted to cut the cord. We have been playing birth and placentas for like a solid three months in this lead up. She just is obsessed with the body and blood and guts. So she'd even been making placenta out of play. No. and cutting the cord Cute. and I felt really bad that she wasn't there but I was like I'll do it and I cut the cord which was very exciting for me mm-hmm. it just felt so cool um and yeah then they just I went and had a shower which was just magical in my own bathroom you know you're not bringing your own toiletries it was just magical and then we got all tucked up into bed and the midwives they'd cleaned up everything oh how amazing they'd mopped like it was like, like we'd never birthed in there. <laughs> and I know it's only been two weeks, but how has your postpartum journey been this time around? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Like I was up and about. Like with Lydia, I couldn't move for a couple. I stayed in hospital with Lydia for five days. Mm. And I couldn't walk like the first two days. I was incontinent for a long time with her, um, which just meant that I didn't want to be out, didn't want to have visitors. Um and my breastfeeding experience has been the same between the two of them. But just all in all, I was very dark. I was very lonely. I was very um, sad in Lydia's postpartum um, up until about four months. Um, uh, with Henry, yeah, I was up and about, um, obviously still very much resting. But I was so much happier. Like I, I've had a little bit of blues here and there, a bit teary um, seeing Lydia you know, like not being just hers anymore. We shared. That's probably been the hardest part for me is mourning that change Um, and just accepting that, like, it happened at 39 weeks. I thought I had, like, two weeks left. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so I was a bit, like, a bit teary. But, Mm. yeah, like now we've been out of the house, which I'm, I'm big on not rushing but I felt like I wanted to be out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with Lydia, at two weeks, I remember we tried to and I was just like completely incontinent. So yeah. I felt like I was a mess trying to go for a walk anywhere and I was embarrassed and hysterical pretty much. Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't feel dark. I don't feel anxious. I don't feel worried which is just amazing because that was something we were really conscious about going into a second child is that we can't we can't do that again um we needed to make a change and I just think that the birth experience was such a game changer in that absolutely so in saying that what would be your biggest piece of advice for any pregnant mamas out there oh probably the biggest is knowing 
your rights, I, I think, and knowing what you like, what you can say no to, because it's just there's. I don't think, in, unfortunately, in the hospital system, there's time for them to explain it. Mm-hmm. Like we know how busy midwives are and how overworked, and I just don't think there's enough time for them to say what you can and can't do, which isn't right either. But if I'd known that I could say no or not yet for an induction with Lydia, I think that just would have been a huge thing. And if I knew the impacts, like I don't think that I had informed consent with her. Um, And so just taking that time in your nine months to prepare and really understand birth, not just, oh, this is the third stage of labour and, you know, the very obvious things, but actually knowing what the hormones are doing and um, how things can interfere. Mm. And then what you can say yes or no to, I think that is just such a huge thing because ultimately if I had to be induced, I, I was fine with that. If I had to um, be transferred to get a tear stitch up, I was okay with that. It wasn't that I'm against any of those things, but I just wanted to be informed so that I was making a decision yeah. knowing all the risks. Oh, <laughs> good timing. <laughs> What a fantastic journey you've had, Shannon. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing it with us. Thank you. Seriously, I was listening to your podcast for weeks leading oh, up. awesome. To the point, yeah, I said Lydia got annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, not another podcast. <laughs> so you, you've been instrumental in my preparation. Oh, thank you so much. That brings us to the end of the show, guys. I always find there is so much to take away from these types of stories. The contrast in Shannon's births highlights so much for me. Not only the fact that she and her husband walked away with zero trauma and absolutely beaming after their son's birth, but so far, a much calmer and happier postpartum recovery. This is another beautiful journey for you guys to absorb and take away from it what you need. Let me know what you think of today's show over on the PBA Instagram and I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.